All right, folks, this is Jesse Cope, and we're back for another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope that y'all are doing well. As always, we're going to take one of our little walks down a dirt road. Don't have much of anybody out here yet today, but we'll see who cares to join us. And as always, I want to tell y'all thank you for giving me a few minutes of your day. And for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast and to help it grow by word of mouth, talking to other people, subscribing, recommending that they subscribe to it, I'm extremely grateful. And I hope that it continues to give y'all a little bit of knowledge and encouragement in our country as a whole. So today, we're going to jump in, and y'all are going to have to forgive me a little bit. There's so much information here that I may come off a little more scatterbrained than I already do. We're going to go back to a letter written by Benjamin Rush, and it's going to talk about education and particularly his argument for use of the Bible as the central textbook and core of education in the United States. A few things here, and I'm, as I said, this may kind of be disjointed, folks. I'm going to try and do the best I can to make it all run together. One of the reasons, so I've used a couple of these quotes that I'm going to use here in the past. And I'm going to continue to do that, folks, and I'm going to do it for really basically just one reason. Here comes Rocky. Rocky has decided, our three-legged wolf has decided to come out and join us. So... The reason that I reuse some of these quotes is muscle memory. My experience in athletics growing up and in college, my experience with the Marine Corps, everything in my life, and I'm assuming that most of y'all, if not all of y'all, have experienced this too. The more you do something, the a couple things happen. One, it becomes a habit, good or bad. But then two, particularly when you're talking about something good, if it has become muscle memory, then you do it under stress. Meaning, in an athletic endeavor or the military, if you have done something so many times that even when you are sleep deprived or when you are weak or when you're scared or hungry, whatever it is that's putting you under stress, if you have trained and gotten this action to where your body can almost do it without you even thinking about it, can, really seems to do without you even thinking about it, that muscle memory, then it's there, it's, it's dependable. You, you have it to lean on and it strengthens you and it strengthens others, strengthens the unit, right? It's the same thing mentally, folks, and spiritually. You can easily take this argument for those of y'all that are Christian to why it is so important to read the Bible and reread it and reread it throughout your entire life. But right here, we're talking about from a national point of view, going over these comments from our founders, from other great leaders, again and again, that show that America is a Christian nation, has to be a Christian nation in order to function. Then when we get into arguments or debates or whatever it is, we have this muscle memory, this brain muscle memory 
to go back and know these quotes, even if we can't pull specific dates, folks, or people, right? Okay, so anyway, I, I digress there. I got a little long-winded. I apologize. So we're going to go ahead and I'm going to read this excerpt out of the Patriot's Bible, which I have given you all as a resource a number of times. But this only has a little portion of it that I'm going to read today. One of the places I found the full-length letter was actually University of Michigan website. And this is a letter, this excerpt is in a letter from Benjamin Rush to Jeremy Belknap, if I'm pronouncing that right, of Boston. And this is from 1791, I believe this letter is. Yeah, March 1791. And so what Mr. Rush says here, this is, I'm going to read a couple excerpts, and this is out of the Patriots Bible again, and then I'm going to read a little bit more. I believe no man was ever early instructed in the truths of the Bible without having been made wiser or better by the early operation of those impressions upon his mind. If moral precepts alone could have reformed mankind, the mission of the Son of God into our world would have been unnecessary. He came to promulgate a system of doctrines as well as a system of morals. The perfect morality of the gospel rests upon a doctrine which, though often controverted, has never been refuted. I mean the vicarious life and death of the Son of God. This sublime and effectable doctrine delivers us from the absurd hypothesis of modern philosophers concerning the foundation of moral obligation and fixes it upon the eternal and self-moving principle of love. It concentrates a whole system of ethics in a single text of Scripture. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another even as I have loved you. By withholding the knowledge of this doctrine from children, we deprive ourselves of the best means of awakening moral sensibility in their minds. We do more. We furnish an argument for withholding from them a knowledge of the morality of the gospel likewise. For this, in many instances, is as supernatural and therefore as liable to be controverted as any of the doctrines or miracles which are mentioned in the New Testament. The miraculous conception of the Savior of the world by a virgin is not more opposed to the ordinary course of natural events, nor is the doctrine of the atonement more above human reason than those moral precepts which command us to love our enemies or to die for our friends. Contemplating merely the political institutions of the United States, I lament that we waste so much time and money in punishing crimes and take so little pains to prevent them. We profess to be Republicans, little are there, folks, and yet we neglect the only means of establishing and perpetuating our Republican forms of government. That is, the universal education of our youth and the principles of Christianity by means of the Bible. For this divine book, above all others, favors that equality among mankind, that respect for just laws, and all those sober and frugal virtues which constitute the soul of republicanism. 
So there's a lot to unpack just from that excerpt there. A couple things. One, he's saying if we take this away from children, we take moral sensibility out of their minds or certainly hinder it. And that's absolutely true, folks. Today, one of the greatest faults in public education is that we have all these requirements, geometry, algebra, biology, chemistry, English 1 and 2, U.S. history, world history, theater, art, band, athletics, etc., etc. Nowhere in there, though, is there a required course for our children on what actually makes children the best citizens, which is ethics, civics, morals. Uh, civics, I probably shouldn't have thrown in because we do government and history, but, but certainly morals and ethics, folks, character, integrity. These are the things that make good men and women, right? You can have somebody that's brilliant in all the other subjects, but that doesn't mean they're a very good person. And by the same token, you can take somebody that's really not very bright, but ingrain these morals and ethics into them, and they become a phenomenal citizen because they're a good person from a human point of view, right? From a human point of view. So, a couple other things out of just this excerpt, and I'm going to try and squeeze in some more if we can once we get through this. He blatantly says political institutions. So, he, again... This goes absolutely counter to this modern lie, this totally false narrative cooked up by the Supreme Court back in the 60s, 40s, earlier on, that this mythological wall of separation of church and state, right? There's separation of church and state, meaning that the state doesn't get to control the church like it did in Britain. The idea that we can't or shouldn't bring our Christian faith, those Christian principles, into our public institutions, our political institutions, is ludicrous. That's not the truth. That's not history. And, and Rush, one of our preeminent founders, right, often compared with Washington, Benjamin Franklin, Adams, and a very small group, John Jay, he was stating that we, we need the thing that's going to help promote our republic are these principles of Christ being taught to our children in education? Which is probably, folks, honestly, that gives you a pretty good idea of why it's so resisted by so many people in our country, so many citizens that despise our country. Because they know that that promotes freedom and liberty, the principles of Christ. They know that the Bible strengthens our republic, and that's the exact opposite of what they want, right? So, but... From a founding point of view, Rush, again, was going completely against this false idea of separation of church and state, the modern version of it. Yeah, I think that's about it from that one, folks. I'm going to go through one more. I think we've got time for one more excerpt from this letter, and then we'll close out for today. The present fashionable practice of rejecting the Bible from our schools, I suspect, has originated with the deists. They discover great ingenuity in this new mode of attacking Christianity. If they proceed in it, they will do more in half a century in extirpating our religion 
than Bolingbroke or Voltaire could have affected in a thousand years. I am not writing to this class of people. I despair of changing the opinions of any of them. I wish only to alter the opinions and conduct of those lukewarm or superstitious Christians who have been misled by the deists upon this subject on the ground of the old, good old custom of using the Bible as a schoolbook, it becomes us to entrench our religion. It is the last bulwark the deists have left, for they have rendered instruction in the principles of Christianity by the pulpit and the press so unfashionable that little good for many years seems to have been done by either of them. I read that last little part there, folks, because... It seems so clear that that's what's going on today. So many people that want Christianity out of our schools and out of our public institutions, they want it out of there because they know that it will weaken our republic. And if they can get it away from the children, that's the best place to do it. Right, it's just interesting to me that Rush was having that the Dr. Rush was talking about the same problems back in 1791. There's one last little excerpt that I want to read to you, and and then we will close, folks, because I'm running out of time. But the benefits of an early and general acquaintance with the Bible were not confined only to the Jewish nations. They have appeared in many countries in Europe since the Reformation. The industry and habits of order, which distinguished many of the German nations, are derived from their early instruction in the principles of Christianity by means of the Bible. The moral and enlightened characters of the inhabitants of Scotland and of the New England states appears to be derived from the same cause. If we descend from nations to sects, we shall find them wise and prosperous in proportion as they become early acquainted with the scriptures. The Bible is still used as a school book among the Quakers. The morality of this sect of Christians is universally acknowledged. Nor is this all. Their prudence in the management of their private affairs is as much a mark of their society as their sober manners. So here again, folks, Rush is laying out the fact that the success of these nations was directly tied to the Bible, to the influence of the Bible in that nation, which is basically what John Adams said, that quote that I use so often, that our constitution and government is only built for a moral and religious people. If we want America to be successful, we have to teach our children the principles of Christ. So many of our founders and great leaders have known this. And this letter from Benjamin Rush just lays it all out again, folks. So, I hope that you got a little bit out of that. Thank you all all again for joining me for this little walk. And thank you all for sharing it with others. And as always, folks, I close. Y'all remember, in whatever sphere of influence you have, big or small, you do have influence. And everywhere you share the truth and spread just a little bit of the light, it pushes back on the darkness and the lies. It pushes back, particularly today in America, 
it pushes back on this completely false narrative, the modern narrative of separation of church and state. And we've got to do that, folks. Have to do that. We have got to teach our children the principles that founded this nation and made her great. Y'all have a wonderful rest of whatever is left of your day, and we will talk to y'all again real soon.